eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. We are here to fellowship with you once again, that we may receive grace, strength, and help to continue our homeward journey to Canaan land. Lord in heaven, we ask that in these moments that we spend with you, that you shall give us the grace and the blessing that comes to those that abide in you. In your word, you have said that if we abide in you and you abide in us, that we will bear much fruit. Lord, we pray that these moments spent with you shall indeed equip us to bear much fruit, that your seed will be planted in our hearts, O Lord, and it will bring forth the fruit of righteousness. Give me the words to speak, Lord, that they may be as seeds planted in the minds of your children, that will bring forth fruit of righteousness and holiness in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Conflict and Courage May 25 Found Wanting And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 10 God had directed that only those consecrated to the office should present sacrifices before him. But Saul commanded, Bring hither a burnt offering, and equipped as he was with armor and weapons of war, he approached the altar and offered sacrifice before God. If Saul had fulfilled the conditions upon which divine help was promised, the Lord would have wrought a marvelous deliverance for Israel with the few who were loyal to the king. But Saul was so well satisfied with himself and his work that he went out to meet the prophet as one who should be commended rather than disapproved. Saul endeavored to vindicate his own cause and blamed the prophet instead of condemning himself. There are today many who pursue a similar course. Like Saul, they are blinded to their errors. When the Lord seeks to correct them, they receive reproof as an insult and find fault with the one who brings the divine message. Had Saul been willing to see and confess his error, this bitter experience would have proved a safeguard for the future. He would afterward have avoided the mistakes which called forth divine reproof. But feeling that he was unjustly condemned, he would of course be likely again to commit the same sin. The Lord would have his people, under all circumstances, manifest implicit trust in him. Although we cannot always understand the workings of his providence, we should wait with patience and humility until he sees fit to enlighten us. Saul's transgression proved him unworthy to be entrusted with sacred responsibilities. Had he patiently endured the divine test, the crown would have been confirmed to him and to his house. In fact, Samuel had come to Gilgal for this very purpose. But Saul had been weighed in the balance and found wanting. He must be removed to make way for one 
who sacredly regard the divine honor and authority. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Found Wanting and My Very, Very Important Lessons We Have to Learn from the Story of Saul's Presumption in Making the Sacrifice that He Wasn't Supposed to Make. Yesterday, we saw lessons from it. The lesson that we shouldn't place expediency over principle. Principle is to follow us everywhere. And no time are we to say that because of emergencies, that is why we are disobeying God. And if we don't disobey, we will lose this or lose that like Saul was saying. The people were about, were leaving me. So I needed to do what I did. I forced myself. It was important for me to do it. If I did not do it, then the people would have left me. So I am not to blame. And that takes us to the next lesson, self-justification after doing evil. There are many who do that today, justifying themselves for something they know that is wrong and giving one excuse after another over breaking the rules and going against God's law. He didn't properly weigh how to do the will of God, thinking that his expediency made him to sin, as if the thing he was doing, which was a holy act in his mind, that I did this holy act because it was necessary for me to do it, even though it is a sin, but I am justified. We learned the lesson we shouldn't justify anything that is against the word of God as Saul did. Today, we will continue the reading and we want to look at the lesson of patience. When Saul told, was told by Samuel to wait, he was told to wait for seven days. And when we read the scripture, we are told that Saul waited for seven days and Samuel did not come. And we also saw that it was a custom. It's not something that was brand new information to Saul to go to Gilgal and Samuel makes the sacrifice. It had already happened before, two years before, when he had conquered the Ammonites. They had gone to Gilgal and Samuel made the sacrifice. It was a normal thing that was done and he was supposed to receive counsel from Samuel. And like I said yesterday, the thing is that if he received counsel from Samuel before going to fight and obeyed that counsel, then it would mean that all the glory would not go to Saul. Saul was impatient at showing himself. He wanted to show the people how good he was. He wanted to receive the adulation and praise of men. And that praise will come when he does things by himself. Have you been in that situation where somebody's trying to advise you of something and then you tell the person, I already knew before. I knew I was supposed to do it like that before. Or you are not happy you were told and that's why you are saying it so that it will be clear that it is not that person that taught you that you already knew it. Let him not think that he will take the glory that he taught me this thing or he showed me that thing. Therefore, let him know that I already knew what he was telling me before he told me. So I know it by myself. You've been there before, right? Maybe you haven't, but if you have, there, that's the behavior of Saul in your life. Because he didn't like being taught. He wanted it to be that he would break, take the glory to himself and get the victory to himself. Let it not be that somebody gave me the victory so that he would take the glory. And that's the reason when the knees of his soldiers were knocking and they were afraid, he couldn't tell them to be strong in the Lord and take courage because they were losing faith in him. Instead of him to direct them to God and tell them to have faith and confidence in God that God will deliver them, he wanted them to know that he will deliver them and that they needed to just go out and fight so that he will show them that he's 
able enough to deliver them from the hands of the Philistines. The Lord was merciful to him. If he had gone in that spirit, Saul would have been destroyed. Eventually, he went in such a spirit to fight the same Philistines and that was where he died. He killed himself. We will see that later. Pride is not a good thing. But let's continue for what we have for today. And I said we are going to be looking at the lesson of patience and maybe a few other lessons so reading from first samuel chapter 13 reading from verse 10 down to 14 it says and it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering behold samuel came and saul went out to meet him that he might salute him and samuel said what hast thou done and saul said because i saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed and that the philistines gathered themselves together at michmash therefore said i the philistines will come down now upon me to gilgal and i have not made supplication unto the lord i forced myself therefore and offered a bond offering and samuel said to saul thou hast done foolishly thou hast not kept the commandment of the lord thy god which he commanded thee for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord had sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Hmm. So what was the lesson that we are supposed to learn here from, from Saul? The lesson of patience, like I said, if you read verse 7 and 8, it says, when Saul was told by Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, Saul had, been received, had received instruction to wait seven days and he said, And let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, serve thee. For God is with thee, and thou shalt go, be, go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings, even Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. Now, from the whole tenor of this narrative that we just read now, the instruction that Samuel gave to Saul, we can conclude that this direction was not intended to apply to only, only one single occasion, but it was supposed to be a general rule for Saul's guidance. That whenever there's a difficulty and Saul wanted to meet that difficulty, he was to go to Gilgal as a place of religious resort and then he will wait there for Samuel's arrival which he was given to understand might not be until seven days had expired. Looking then at his, this requirement, we are at once struck with the abundant wisdom which is manifest in it. It was a simple but very significant way of telling Saul that he was not an independent monarch that he must not act as though he was in charge of himself. He must realize that he was supposed to be divinely controlled as he was divinely appointed. That was the message. That was why he was told, before you go for any fight, wait in Gilgal seven days. If he was not going to wait, that means he's a monarch and he will do anything he wants. But God wanted people to know and Saul also to know, even though you are a king, you are not supposed to be lashing out by yourself. You are to receive instruction from God and he was to be divinely guided that Samuel was to be the medium through which this guidance was to be obtained. So you see that this requirement was a test for us to ascertain whether or not there existed in Saul's heart an appreciation of God's plan. In the same way for us today, all the divine precepts and the commandments of God are a test for our character. If we are not following them, 
then it's a proof of a spirit of disobedience. If they are neglected, they expose that there is a lurking spirit of opposition within us. And now, the time of emergency had come for Saul, and so also it will come for us. There will be times of emergency. The Lord will take us through those times of emergency. And what is he taking us through those times of emergency for? To show what is in our heart. When Samuel did not arrive at the appointed time, Saul gets impatient. Not a moment longer will he wait. He did not mind running the risk of offending God and be sure that when even the possibility of doing wrong can be lightly viewed, when there is a doubt in our hearts, we will take advantage of that doubt to gratify the lurking passions in our heart that has been hidden and nobody has seen. Let's say you are following dress reform or health reform, for example, or you are keeping the Sabbath and you have been faithfully doing it. Many of us don't know our hearts. We don't know ourselves. It is possible that secretly we are cherishing the thought that this thing is not supposed to be strictly followed like that. We can do without it. God will put you in an emergency. Let us see what you will do in an emergency. Will you break the Sabbath? Will you do something you are not supposed to do? That's where the commandment of God is put into our lives to test us, to see whether we will follow God all the way or not. We read in Patriarchs and Prophet, page 617, paragraph 2, paragraph 3, and down to 618, we are told, Paul's, Saul's restless, impulsive spirit would no longer be restrained. Feeling that something must be done to calm the fears of the people, he determined to summon an assembly for religious service and by sacrifice entreat the divine aid. God had directed that only, con- only those consecrated to the office should present sacrifices before him. But Saul commanded, Bring hither a burnt offering. And equipped as he was with armor and weapons of war, he approached the altar and offered sacrifice before God. We read today in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 151, paragraph 5. The Lord would have his people, under all circumstances, manifest implicit trust in him. Although we cannot understand the workings of his providence, we should wait with patience and humility until he sees fit to enlighten us. End of quote. This was what Paul saw was supposed to do. Wait in humility, waiting for the instruction of God for him to enlighten us, to tell us what to do, not to take laws into our hands. See, you never know what you are capable of until you are tested. Our hearts may secretly detest the commandments of God and it's just waiting for an occasion of doubt for us to go against principle and give the excuse of expediency, emergency or extremity of our situation and say that's the reason we disobeyed. Deep down in Saul's heart, Saul actually felt that it didn't matter who made the sacrifice and therefore he forced himself to make the sacrifice. What was Saul's error on this occasion? It was the error that comes through the natural law or principle, the principle of impatience. How many errors, how many sins have we committed in our lives that comes out of impatience? We rarely do anything in impatience without having to regret it later. There is nothing done in impatience that is likely to be well done. You may do a thing quickly and yet do it well, but not hurriedly and not in impatience. How many things have to be done twice over because they were not done once and quietly done? Sometimes, out of a little momentary act of haste, there will spring up a misunderstanding, maybe through a hasty word or a hasty act, and that misunderstanding may never ever be cleared up. A quarrel may never ever be reconciled, an injustice or oppression done to somebody never repaired. Why? Because of impatience. 
this is how impatience shows itself in the little daily acts of our life. But then, it still has a more serious influence upon the life's greater struggles and changes. You see, every condition of our lives has the part of it that is not so pleasant and, and, and attractive to us. And when we think, for example, that you have right to a salary that is more robust or just for things that you think you should fare better in life, and then you become irritated, fretful, impatient. And then you can see that almost nothing good is assigned to you in the job you are doing. Like maybe you are working somewhere, you are feeling like they are underpaying you. And then instead of calculating properly, you leave the job that you are doing. How many times have people done that and they regret their actions? I see it happen a lot. If you look among maybe the sportsmen, for example, you got football. And you see some people, oh, they want a higher salary. And then quickly they become impatient and they start to uh, get grum- they get they grumble where they are and they are feeling like they, are in, they need a better position than where they are or a better salary and then hastily they go somewhere where there is a better prospect. Many of them, their career is killed because of it. And so it is with us in many other things we do. When we are impatient and in a hurry thinking that we deserve something better, we can make the wrong decision and we find ourselves in a place that we can never even get back to where we were before. Some servants have become dissatisfied with their present condition and in a hurry of their impatience, they suddenly resolve to make a change. How often, how often they make this change for the worse. He has changed perhaps a kind master for one that is cold and inconsiderate. Some people have changed a Christian home for a worldly home out of impatience. Some have changed a safe place for one that is full of temptation. Why? Because of impatience. And some of them have left a place of comfort to a place of trouble just because of impatience. And they have gained nothing. Many people will now want to return to where they were before. But no, pride will not let them go. And many people often of mature age, they have erred and they have marred their life through the same impatience and it, it becomes it comes when we are sensitive to our trials like Saul was sensitive to his trials and the present position he found himself then they, he seized for an opening for change and that's how it is with us when we become so sensitive to our trials this is not going well that's not going well this is not going well we become impatient and fretful and then we want a change and then we take up any opportunity that comes up for a change but then many times we regret it bitterly one he one day will regret that unthankful spirit of human impatience which doubled our aggravations and troubles that we would not have ever experienced if we were patient. But mostly, this matter of impatience shows itself in the hidden or secret sin in our lives where it's just waiting to show itself in disobedience. It was not merely that Saul was too much in a hurry and did that as a result of the hurry which he might have done quietly. He showed the strength of his impatience by letting it interfere with a plain command of God. Before Saul went to battle, it was necessary to offer the bond sacrifice to the Lord and to beg God for blessing on the arms of Israel. He wouldn't have any hope of victory if this was not done. But the problem was that it was Samuel who was supposed to do it. Now he was kept in the street. If he reads where he is, he feels that the Philistines will come and kill him. And if he does not wait and he goes to fight, he needs to pray about Samuel is not around. This is a test that many of us can go through in life. The prophet of God said he will come. 
the prophet of God does not come as, as he said. Why Samuel did not come, we don't know, except that we see that it was God's will for Saul to wait. If he had waited, if he had just waited, Samuel was coming to confirm the kingdom for him and tell him that it was his family that would be the uh, people that would be the monarch for the children of Israel. Just as it was for David, the next king was supposed to be Saul's son. And then it would go on and on like that. That was what it was supposed to be. But Saul just messed it up. How many times? I heard a story. A friend of mine told me of a lady who had been patiently keeping God's law, doing the right things, especially she doesn't want to dress like the world. But many people will tell her that this is the reason you are not finding a husband. And one day, a young man was recommended to see the lady so that he can marry her. And the man was told she is going to be in a certain place. And while that was going on, the lady herself, many years had gone by. She was beginning to cherish the thoughts in her heart that maybe what people are saying is true. The seed sown was beginning to bring forth its fruit. And finally, she decided that she's going to make a change and she'll dress like the world. And then, that same day that she was going to dress like that for the first time in her life, dressed, I'll just say, like the world. That was the same day that the young man was recommended to see her. And as the man came to see her, that day she dressed in a different way from what that man actually was told. And when he saw her, that was it. It was the end. There was no way. What he saw was not what he was told. This was just what happened to Saul. That day, Samuel was coming to confirm the kingdom for him. And that was the day that he just messed it up by making that sacrifice that he was not supposed to make. How many are there? who in the time of distress of any kind, maybe for lack of money or the necessities of life, they forget like King Saul that their distress, whatever it is, it comes from God. There is nothing that happens to us except by God's permission. That God brings it on us and that God will remove it in his own way if we trust in him. But instead of waiting for his time, many will take their own way their own bad way that is not in harmony with the will of God and impatiently hasten the time and thus bring on themselves judgment. Sometimes, some of us will tell an untruth or tell a lie and bring ourselves out of difficulties and that's what many are tempted to do. Some of them will make light of sin and they say, I couldn't help myself. I was forced to do it just like Samuel, just like Saul says, I forced myself. There was no other way for me. I had to do it. That's what many will say. So they make excuses to quiet the conscience. And instead of bearing the trial well, enduring their poverty, or whatever the trouble may be, like I said, maybe childlessness, it may be lack of a job, it may be marriage, any of it. Instead of enduring it patiently, many will shrink and do something deliberately wrong. And some will tell a lie and God hears that lie. And do something wrong that God is not in support of. Then again, there are many who in unpleasant situations are tempted to do what is wrong in order to get out of them instead of patiently waiting for God's time. What is this but to act like Saul? He had very little peace 
or quiet all the time he remained in the presence of the enemy with his own people falling away from him and he too he took an unlawful way of getting out of the trouble just like the people were also running away he too used a, a wrong means the people were running away which would have even been better than sinning against god and then the other way we can look at this issue of king saul is in the apostasy of christians there are many who bear the trial halfway. That is the persecution that God has said will come to Christians. They are waiting their seven days. But before the seven days is over, or just as it's about to be over, they faint and fall into apostasy in the world. I pray that the Lord will preserve us from this, because many fall away. It is important, therefore, that we watch and pray. Impatience is not good. What is patience, therefore? Patience means that we wait. Saul had no opportunity than to wait. But that's not all there is about patience. Patience means that while waiting, we do not sin against God. That is patience. If you get angry while you are, while you are waiting, that is impatience. If you say a wrong word while waiting, it is impatience. If you disobey God while waiting, going against his principles and his laws, that is impatience. But patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And it is trial that works patience. We are told, let patience have her perfect work. Tribulation worketh patience, what the Bible tells us. God will take us through situations where we will be waiting and waiting. But he's testing us. He's testing us to see. Saul's own was seven days. Some people have waited years for a job. Some have waited years for a husband or a wife. Some have waited years in poverty while keeping the commandments of God. It's not just seven days. But as you are waiting those years, know that you are in your seven days. And do not within your seven days say, I have waited for long and the appointed time has come and Samuel has not come. Therefore, let me force myself by disobeying God. Let us not do that. Let patience have her perfect work. Have you waited till the set time in your eyes? Don't worry, it will tarry. You have not waited to the set time. Are you waiting for the second coming of Jesus and you realize that it's not yet happening? Keep waiting. While waiting, don't disobey God. That is the lesson from this life of King Saul. Let us be patient. And I pray that God will work this patience out in our lives. How do we get it? Tribulation, work at patience. What are we supposed to do in that time? Trust in God. Pray to God. We don't hear King Saul encouraging his soldiers and inspiring in them the spirit of patience when we look at the life of david later we'll see how david exercised this spirit of patience even when some saul was coming after him he did not do something uh, wrong just because he was running away from king saul and like he, this what king saul did here this presumptuous act and we too should be careful that's the lesson from this king saul story patience and I would like to reiterate the other lessons we've looked at before, which is an emergency is not an excuse for disobedience. And also, when we are reproved concerning the things we have done wrong, let us not justify ourselves. There are people who will go against God's law in social reform, in the way they are supposed to relate with others, or any of his law at all. And then they will give excuses and say, there was need for me to do it. I forced myself because I saw this or I saw that and that's the reason justifying the action instead of taking correction. Let us all be corrected. Emergency is not an excuse for going against the commandment of God and taking upon ourselves a work that we 
are not supposed to do. That is not our office like Saul did. May the Lord help us to properly understand these lessons is my prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, I pray that these words that have been said shall be a seed in the minds of your children and that we all shall nurture it and you help us that it shall bring forth good fruit. We pray, Father, that you help us because the situation that Saul found himself is one that we can also find ourselves. And how can we do any better? When I look at the situation for myself, it looks as if I would do the same thing he did. He was in distress and many of us have that spirit in our hearts feeling like an emergency is an excuse for us to go against God's law. Please Lord help us that we will not use an emergency as an excuse to kill. Whether it is out of self-defense, we will not use an emergency to go to marry unbelievers or an emergency to break your holy day the Sabbath or an emergency to tell lies. Please Lord, these things are lurking somewhere in our heart and we can do it. Please, Lord, take it away from us that we will follow you all the way, whether we are tried in the furnace or to the highest point. Lord, help us to be faithful to you to the end. Thank you for hearing our national prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.